Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Thank you, Lord. Let's just have a look at um, the text scripture for today and we'll get into it. Um, 1 Samuel, 2nd chapter, 31st. I'm very excited about today's sermon. Um, last time I was with you uh, in December last year, I wanted to minister on the topic of spirit-led because that topic has absolutely changed my life. It's not a topic, it's a person, the person of Jesus. And learning to hear his voice through the Holy Spirit that he's given to us as a Christian and uh, following him in your Christian walk, it, it, cha- it radically changed my life. I can't go back. And um, even though I've been walking with him, I have not arrived. I'm not even close. It's, it's just such an exciting journey. And um, back then, I had wanted to minister on this very topic, but um, the Lord had put another topic on my heart, spirit-led sowing. But today, um, I mean, this month, past two months, seeking the Lord, He wants me to share spirit-led, but also with elements of honor attached to it. That when you find out about the honor of God, it takes your walk with God to a whole nother level. And let me just tell you that there is more with God. There is always more with God. Don't ever think that you're at a place with God where you and God are just so close that you can just coast. Take it easy, you know. Because with God, there is just always something else. There's always something else around the corner. There's always something else down the road. And God is so faithful and he is so good. And his, the journey with him is very exciting. So... I'm just very excited to get into this. Let's go. First Samuel, um, second chapter in the 30th verse. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Here the father God is speaking to the house of Eli. And they were the priesthood back in the day. To our day, um, the equivalent of our day and time, they would be the ministers. They would be the preachers. And they were in charge of the house of God. But they weren't treating God's things with respect, with honor. And they were doing, in fact, the complete opposite, which is dishonor. Another way of saying that is despising or lightly esteeming. Now, in our modern vernacular, we take the word despise and we kind of think of the word detest. Like, I despise that thing. I really detest it. I really don't like it. But the biblical usage of this word here, despise, could, be, could also mean something as simple as ignoring. To despise something could be to even ignore it. And how many know that if you want to know God more, you can't go ignoring him. You have to do, in fact, the complete opposite, which is pay attention to him, be aware of him. And that is what um, is on my heart, honoring God more in our day-to-day walk with him. Let's have a look at the definition of honor here. And uh, the Strong's reference for it is H3513. And it's the um, word pronounced Carvard. I don't know if I've said it correctly, but that is the definition of honor. 
And it literally means heavy or weighty, to give weight to something or someone. And it carries the idea of um, back in the Bible days, they didn't have cash, they didn't have FPOS like we do, they don't have Afterpay, they don't have PayPal. What they paid with back then was like coins, but also gold, silver, bronze, precious stones. They used that as currency. And in the marketplace, if you came across something and it was very precious, very valuable, you had to bring out the big boys. You had to bring out the gold. You had to bring out the silver. You had to unload the camels and the, and the um, donkeys that were laden with this um, heavy material, currency. And that's what um, the word honor is meaning, to give weight to, to treat it as heavy, weighty, Another way of saying precious, valuable, it means a lot to you. And the good news here is that the Lord says in 1 Samuel, 2nd chapter in the 30th verse, the Lord says, for those who honor me, I will honor. God honors a selected group of people, a selected group of Christians, should I say, because his honor is not automatic. This verse tells us that. It doesn't say that God honors all Christians equally. No, in fact, he honors some more than others. And that is because they have learned to honor him more, which then gives him the legal right to honor them more. It's actually a law of um, seed time and harvest, which you can find in Genesis 8, 22. The law of seed time and harvest is whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. If he sows good seed, he reaps a good harvest. If he sows bad seed, bad harvest. But here, the man or woman is sowing honor to God. And because they're honoring God, they're treating him, his ways, his things, as precious, valuable, important, weighty. It means a lot to them. God is able to treat that believer's life as Precious, valuable, weighty, significant. I'm going to do a very quick um, thing here. I don't know if it's an experiment. It's just like a little thing the Lord had put on my heart. It's like thankfulness. So right now for 10 seconds, if everyone could just close their eyes and just think about this question right here. Has God ever protected, delivered, or spared you in your life? I want you just to think about specific times or a time where God has personally done that for you. He protected you, he delivered you, or he spared you in any area. Could you think of something? I'd just like to see a quick show of hands. Hands shooting up everywhere across the room. That right there is God honoring you. He's honoring you with protection. He's honoring you with deliverance. And that is because you have honored him to a degree, giving him the right to be able to do that in your life. Let's do another one real quick. Maybe not 10 seconds, maybe seven seconds. Has God ever healed you personally, something in your body? Just like you to think of that, that time, that moment. Thank you, Lord. God right there has shown his honor towards you through healing. Last one, has God ever blessed you? Absolutely. 
He has blessed each and every one of us. We might not have always recognized it, which I'll get into later, but God has blessed each and every one of us. Just a quick show of hands. God healed. Hands everywhere before I can even continue. God blessing. Hands everywhere. God has honored you there. Thank you, Lord. We need to give God more credit for what he's done in our lives. When we encounter the goodness of God in our lives, we should take that and like translate it or transfer it into us saying, Lord, thank you for honoring me. Thank you for delivering me, protecting me, sparing me, healing me, blessing me. And out of that gratitude I have in my heart towards you, I choose to obey you more, to serve you more, to go after you more because you were so good to me by doing that for me. So you're taking the honor of God and you're choosing to honor God by recognizing him and treating what he's done for you as a big deal, which is the complete opposite of despising God or lightly esteeming him, which is the opposite of dishonor, and that's where you're ignoring him. Now, we can do this, we're all guilty of this day in, day out, because what we did just there was us take, we we all took a moment to honor God, just in our heart. It didn't take long. And let me tell you, you don't have to do this at church. You could be doing this on the job. I'll give you a practical example. Um, I work at a coffee shop, and there'd, there'd be times where I'm just washing the dishes or washing the crockery. The other staff are taking care of the customers. And just while I'm washing the, the plates, I'll just put my heart on God. I'll say, God, thank you of that time where you did that for me. Or I recognize that I remember what you have done for me in this situation. And I just thank God for that. And that's a practical example of what it looks like to honor God. Because I don't have to do that. I could be washing the dishes, thinking about something else completely different. And the truth is, in our day, in our 24-hour day, or the time which you're awake, we have so much time to be able to fit in little pockets or even whole chunks of honoring God in our own personal life. So this is something I I had on my heart to encourage us all with, and this also speaks to myself. And the scripture um, which backs this up is the goodness of God leads you to repentance, Romans 2, 4. It's his goodness to us that makes us change our way of thinking. Don't be thinking of repent as some big scary thing. It just means turning the other way and going the right way. So you're doing this, but then you turn to this. And the goodness of God leads us from not being aware of God and not talking to God to then being aware of God and wanting more of God. It stirs up a hunger in you and a desire to know God more and more. It's connected to your honor for him. And let's have a look at a few verses that show God honoring us as well as the part that we have to play in order for him to honor us because it's not automatic. Isaiah first chapter and the 19th verse says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now this was written to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, but how many know that we are the children of God by what Jesus has done for us? So this verse equally applies to us in the new covenant because God is the same yesterday, today and forever. The good of the land represents a place of abundance, a place of wealth, a place where you are taken care of. And that's what God desires to do to all of his children, all Christians. 
but he cannot do that to all Christians because all Christians are not honoring him. In this verse, we can see that it is connected to being willing and obedient. By being willing and obedient, this is how we show honor to God. And because we, if we choose to be willing and obedient, he's able to honor us back by giving us the good of the land. Good of the land could be a car you're believing for, the next house you want to move to. It could be favor at your job site. It's something that, it's like a heart desire and you know it'd be good and something that God wants for you. So in order to connect with what God has for us, what he wants for us, we should all become super interested in honoring God more in our day-to-day lives. So this is Old Testament. And I'd mentioned 1 Samuel, second verse in the 30th chapter, 30th verse, sorry, second chapter, um, which is those who honor me, I will honor. They're both Old Testament. But that's nice, Benny. Do you have any New Testament versions of this? And I'm glad you asked because the Lord has given me five. Let's have a look at the first one. Matthew 6, 33. Because we're living in the New Testament. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What are the things? Things that you are worried about, cares you may have. How do I pay my electricity bill? You know, this item broke. I need a new one. Um, This is coming up. I need finances for it. Or I'm believing God for in-God marriage. You know, these are things which you're, you're needing, you're wanting. It's a heart desire. And uh, the chapter talks about what you eat, drink, wear, but it's a lot more than that. It's pretty much summed up with the cares and worries of this world and of our own personal lives. And God in Jesus, in Matthew 6, he's talking about how we should not worry about these things as the unsaved do, because the Lord takes care of the birds. You know, when was the last time you saw a bird begging for food? Or just, or just like so, so in a panic and in a mad, mad rush. It's just like trying to look for food. You don't see that. In nature, you just see them like, you know, just doing their thing and they like peck. And, you know, that, it's like you, you got to look at that bird and be like, where have you been? What have you been eating to get to that spot? You know, it'd just be interesting to track because you don't see any of them worried. And that's what the Lord's telling us here. Look at the birds. And sometimes when you go out, sometimes I go out there and just look at the bird and be like, man, he don't have any worries, you know? And how much more should we as children of God not worry because God cares about us more than the birds? That's what he's saying here. So this is another way of saying those who honor me, how do we honor God? Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is another way of saying his rightness. If you take out the O-U-S, it just leaves you with rightness, the rightness of God. His things are right. His ways are right. And when you seek after God and his right ways, that is how God's able to add those things you need or want to your life. He honors you because you decide to honor him. You see why this is not automatic? You see, I I don't know, but I think in different churches, not this one, but in different churches, people get the idea, I'm a Christian, so I'm just blessed. Jesus loves me. God loves me. And they do love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Holy Spirit loves you. But that does not mean you're automatically going to enjoy and walk in the blessings of God. 
you have a part to play. And nearly for every promise in the Bible that, that's promised to you, like say God's peace promised to you, there is a part for you to play. Because the scriptures tell us, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Is your mind stayed on God? Because if it's not, you're not going to have that peace just because you're a Christian. You have to do what the Word is saying in order for you to enjoy the benefits of the Word. So here, we're looking at the cares, the worries, what you'll eat, drink, your bill, the, the thing that you need. And these are things you're worried about. But God says, if you seek first my things, take care of my things in your life, then I'll take care of the rest. Those who honor me, I will honor. Let's have a look at another New Testament um, scripture, James 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Thank God for his grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If it's okay, just have Andy up again. I'm just going to give a practical illustration because I could not really understand why God would resist someone. That does not sound like him. He's loving, he's caring. It's like, I had a hard time, you know, how does this scripture work, Lord? And this is actually what he showed me. He showed me a, a picture of himself trying to lead someone. So I'm going to be me. Andy's going to play the Holy Spirit. And um, he's like living in me. But for this illustration, he's out. <laughs> Thank God, that'd just be so weird. And um, I'm just going to go about my day-to-day -day things. <laughs> so, all right, I'm fixated here. I want to go this way. I want to do this thing. And uh, the Holy Spirit will come up to me like a gentleman. He won't force me, but he'll be gently. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. Try again. No, 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 God, I got this. I want to go this way. I'm going to do, no, 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 it's okay. And you see, what's happening here is I'm resisting God. And because I'm resisting God, it automatically has God resisting me. Do you see that? Because of my attitude towards God and not wanting him in my life, it puts God in, in a place where he's being resisted by me, therefore he's resisting me. Does that make sense? But that's not smart, you know, <laughs> because God knows everything about everything. Let's give another illustration just over here. I'm going to go this way, and this time I'm going to get another nudge from the Holy Spirit. So I want to do this thing. I want to go this way. Oh, Lord. Oh, that's you. That's you in my heart. You're smarter than me. And even though I'm convinced this is the right thing and the right way to go, I'm going to humble myself and follow you. And this is a walk of faith, and it's very hard on my flesh because I don't know where I'm going. I don't understand why God wants me to go this way. But he's smarter than me, so if I'm smart, I'm going to trust him. Oh, wow, Lord, you brought me to the thing. I, I thought I had to go that. That just saved me all this time and effort. Holy Spirit, uh, yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Love you, bro. That's an example of you humble yourself and he gives you his grace. Now, God's grace, it, it's such a huge word. You, you just, there's so many things that fit into the word grace. That word grace, God giving grace to the humble, it includes everything good that you could possibly want or need from God. It's the healing. It's the protection. It's the deliverance. It's the direction all that is summed up in the word grace. But does God's grace drop automatically on you just because you're a Christian? No, it doesn't. It only drops on a specific category of people, the humble. 
If you're going to be proud, you're going to be resisted because you're resisting. But if you be humble and you say, it, it takes such humility because you're, our flesh, our body, it's not, it's not renewed. We don't have the perfect body yet. We don't have a glorified body yet is what I'm trying to say. That happens later at the return of Jesus. But for now, we're living in the flesh. But we don't have to walk according to the flesh because we have the spirit man on the inside who's a recreated brand new creature that wants to please and obey God. Let me encourage you, you're not bipolar. As a Christian, you don't have split personality. But you do have your, whole, your spirit, not the Holy Spirit, your spirit wanting to follow the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, you're encased in this body of flesh, and the flesh wants to go 180 degrees from God. God says, go this way. Your flesh goes, no, nah, I'm doing it this way. Holy Spirit says, wait on me, and you say, no, nah, I'm doing it this way. Flesh is selfishness. It's wanting to do, it's all about me, me, me. And it's not good because it gets in the way of following God. I'll just quickly share this. But um, I was wondering how the devil kept taking me on an absolute, you know, mad roller coaster ride throughout the week. But I was so on fire for God on the Sunday. I could not understand it. And on the Friday when my church had um, church on Friday. And also throughout the week where there were connect groups and small groups. I could not understand why I would want to please God throughout the week but the devil would just absolutely kick me and I'd just be following the devil and just doing things that weren't right and I knew it wasn't right throughout the week. What was happening was I only gave honor to God on the Sunday, on the Friday when church was happening or throughout the week. But for the rest of the week, I'm not really listening to God. I'm not following God. I'm just doing my thing and focused on me, me, me. And because of that, my flesh was leading me the wrong way. And that ended up just confusing me. And it wasn't until I heard a teaching about how you don't have to let your flesh control you. The reason why it controls you is because you've been feeding it so much. So every time there's opportunities to satisfy your flesh, do your thing, your way or the highway, not God's way, but your way, rather than caving into that um, flesh desire, you would reverse it by feeding your spirit man, the man on the inside who wants to please God. So you could starve the flesh to the point where your spirit man is strong enough to resist. So how do we feed our spirit man? We take in the word of God, sermons throughout the week, reading God-ordained books, listening to worship music, being aware of God, talking to him in your heart, this is what builds up your spirit, man. And if you keep starving the flesh and the opportunities the flesh wants to take, the flesh can become so weak that when the devil says, hey, go this way, and your flesh goes, yeah, I want to go, your spirit, man, rises up on the inside and says, no, I'm following God. That's just stupid. I ain't falling for that again. I'm going this way. I'm obeying God. And that's how you dominate the devil rather than have the devil dominate you throughout the week. Thank you, Lord. Let's go on to the next verse. Um, James 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Another New Testament verse, third one we've looked at. And this is not an exhaustive list. This is only just a selected five I picked out. Plenty more in the New Testament, showing the same principle, that if you choose to honor God, he will honor you. 
If you choose to put his things as important, valuable, and of preeminence in your life, he will do the same with you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. James, um, first chapter in the 25th verse, in our circles we hear a lot about James 1.22, which is be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. And something interesting to know here is that it's not the hearer that's blessed. The hearer can hear the word of God, can read the word of God and see things. It does not mean that hearer is blessed. In fact, they can be not blessed at all, even though they've read it, even though they've seen it. Why? Because they're not doing it. It's only the doer that gets results. It's only the one that puts it into practice that sees results in their Christian walk. And this also answers why you can go to church for decade after decade after decade and quote and memorize and shout, yeah, amen, and hallelujah. Nothing wrong with all that, but still not have any results in your life. How could that be? It's because they're hearing and hearing and hearing, but they're not wanting to do anything they heal. The same, you get the same result as not hearing it as if you, if you hear it, the word and don't do it. Does that make sense? You can hear the word and choose not to do it. You get the same result as not even hearing it at all, not even going to church at all, not even hearing that message at all. Why? Because you're not wanting to do it. But this scripture here, three verses after James 1.22, be ye a do of the word, it says here, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is simply another beautiful name for the Bible, it is a perfect law of freedom and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this is one who will be blessed in what he does. Whenever I hear doer of the word, doer of the word, I think to myself, it's only the doer that gets blessed. So Lord, what are you trying to show me? What have you showed me already? And am I doing that? Am I putting it into practice? Because I sure don't want to get no results with God. I want to have the blessings of God in my life. I want to have the promises of God in my life. And I'm not perfect at this, but this is something I keep before me to help me do that. When I hear something and I know it's the Lord saying, Benny, you need to pick up your game in this, or you let this slip, I, I treat it like, Lord, I need to do this. Please give me the strength. Help me to walk it out. And this is a way that you honor God. And you see, as you honor God, you treat his things as important and valuable and precious. He treats you the same way by blessing you. Because here it says, if you do the word, do the word, which is being a do of the word, um, that's you honoring God. But then him blessing you is how he honors you back. Thank you, Lord. Last verse. Ephesians 3.20, now to him, God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. This verse right here is pretty much saying God is able to exceed your expectations, exceed your imagination in terms of good things that could happen to you. How many here have experienced God doing above and beyond what you could have ever asked him or even imagined? That happens to those that do their part. What's that part? According to the power that works in us. What do we have as a Christian that the unsaved do not? 
What person do we have living on the inside of us 24-7 do we have? The Holy Spirit. But check this out. Even though the Holy Spirit's living in you, you do not have to listen to him. You can ignore him. You can dishonor him or as the, the word um, that had been brought up in the text verse, despise him, ignore him, lightly esteem him. It's the opposite of honor. So rather than saying, Lord, thank you for being in me. Thank you for showing me what to do. You could just ignore him. It's very easy to ignore him. As a Christian, I have to pull myself up on this all the time throughout the week. I have to set my mind into a habit of acknowledging God. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're in me. Sorry, I haven't even acknowledged you all day. You know? It's like I'm going about my business too focused on my schedule that I ignore God. And this is how you, you um, let me say it like this. At work, washing the dishes or doing any other task, I'm doing my job so I'm not being lazy. But in my heart, unknown to my, you know, co-workers, I am choosing to think about God. I'm choosing to put my mind on Him. And it will just happen in such a small, like, um, there's no flashes of lightning or not, nothing great. I'm not saying anything. I'm not preaching to anyone. I'm just in my heart going, huh, Lord. What Pastor Patsy shared that Sunday, man, that really helped me. I never saw it like that. Huh, that's how it works. That's how that verse works. And as I'm doing that in my heart, I'm choosing to honor God. I'm choosing to give him that portion of my time. And rather than think about my things, I'm thinking about God's things. And because I choose to honor God there, he honors me back with revelation, with knowledge, with insight. And he'll say, it's not an audible voice, but he'll just show me in my heart. Yeah, and you know how this verse makes sense here. It's also connected to this verse, which is connected to this verse. And remember this principle I showed you back here, it's connected to that. Do you see that? And I'm like, whoa. And I'm just washing, my, I'm washing the dishes going, glory to God, I see that. And sometimes I just get so excited, but I can't tell anyone because they're going to think I'm weird. I did hear a minister say, you have to know the ways of God, but you also have to know the ways of man. Because if you don't know the ways of man, you're going to look like a weirdo to them. So that's stuck to me. So, uh, you know, I'm not like, oh, glory to God, I just got some big revelation and the Lord showed me this and that. Hallelujah, praise God, you need to know Jesus. They're going to be like, you weirdo, and, you know, witness over, you know. So <laughs> I have to pray for mercy if I do that. But anyway, the, the point is I've chosen at my workplace just to take a time out and just to honor God and just to say thank you, you know. I see what you've shown me, and I treat it not as insignificant but important precious. We can do this all throughout the week. So many opportunities, you know, while you're cooking, while you're vacuuming, while you're at your job, while you're driving to work, in the shower, on the bathroom, whatever it is, you just take the time out in your heart and you just say, God, thank you for showing me that. You know, I really need to work on that, you know, and just ponder it with the Lord. This is how you honor him and he will honor you back. It's a guarantee. He will show you things to come. He will give you light and revelation and insight into things you hadn't ever considered. And it will all be beneficial to you. Praise God. So something else I'd wanted to share is that we need to um, be in a lifestyle of this, not just the Sunday Christian. God needs to be 
important in our lives. Because some Christians, they, they tend to go after God, and I used to be guilty of this too, and I'm still trying to do better in this area. But how many tend to just run to God when something's going wrong? You know, like, oh, Lord, what about this or that or whatever? And it's almost like the only time you talk to him is when you got a problem. But what about when things are going well? What about when things are, are going good? Do you take the time out and say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life? Thank you for protecting me, sparing me. You know, things are going good, but I choose to invest in your things. I will listen to that sermon you've put on my heart throughout the week. I will feed on this series. I will get that book and read it because I want to know you more. I'm not talking just about the Bible. There's anointed books of ministers that have lived lives and practical um, God truth in their lives, and they write it all out in practical ways that you can understand it. Well, we need to honor God more in our day-to-day life. And especially in these end days, this is why I feel the Lord's put this so strong on my heart, because the days ahead, they're uncertain. I don't even know what's going to happen. But whether it's good or it's bad, I want to be close with Him. I don't want to just run to Him when everything goes bonkers, you know? What happens if half the population dies tonight, and then tomorrow we wake up and it's a world of chaos? When I run to God, is it going to be because I haven't been to God the past three or six months? No, I want to know that I had been with God yesterday, the day before. You know, we, we just got to be prepared. And one way of doing that is just to get close with God. And this is one practical way He has shown me to do so. We honor Him. We treat His ways and His things, His voice, His insight as important and precious. Thank you, Lord. Our relationship with God should be stronger than our relationship with anyone or anything on this planet. And I got a beautiful wife that loves me, loves God, on fire for God, powerful mom, and just um, a blessing to, to our two young children. But she does not take the place of God. And I have kind of committed in my heart, I don't ever want to see that ever happen. I've got two lovely children, which I mentioned. They don't even compare to the place that God has in my life. Some people, they put children above God, and it's not a good thing. Things work out. They don't work out when you do that. Because what's happening is you can put anyone or anything above God, and that makes them an idol. I know this is a sobering truth, but you might say, oh, I don't idolize my kids. They're not an idol. I don't bow down and worship them. No, you might not do that in the physical, but in your heart, if they're more important than God, if you're always thinking about them to the point where God is not first place, that has become an idol. What happens when things become an idol in our life? We have to remove that idol and we have to put it in its place because not, like, my wife's not bad, you know, understand me. My kids aren't bad, you know. Different things in my life are not bad and evil. I just can't let them take the place of God in my life because things are not going to work out when I do that. So there have been times where I've been with my amazing wife and we're having great days and we're, we're, doing, we're having great dates and great chats. And there'll be times where we have had to catch ourselves. And be like, whoa, 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 where's God? (laughs) It's like we've been seeing too much of each other and talking too much with each other that we know that a shift has happened. 
So we have to reset our heart and be like, look, we need to take some time off. That date we're going to have, you know, here or there, let's just, you know, take that off and let's just spend some time with God in our own individual ways. Pray in the Spirit more. Listen to a sermon throughout the week. Read a God book. Um, Talk and commune with God. And we reset ourselves because we've committed to have God number one. Ever since our dating, it's like we had both said to each other, God's number one in my life. We want to keep it that way forever. And then when the kids come along, no issue. No issue of the kids going higher than, each, um, higher than God because we've already committed that with each other. So as a blessing, children are, and as your spouse is, and even if you're single, you may have a boyfriend or girlfriend. I mean, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> if you're single and you don't have anyone, you could have things above God. And even if you're in a relationship and you're not married, you can have your boyfriend or girlfriend above God. You can have a car above God. You can have cooking above God, um, gardening above God. I know it sounds funny, but really, it's anything you start dwelling on, thinking on more than God, that thing can become an idol in your life. And you have to catch yourself and humble yourself and be like, man, I can't let this happen because things are not going to work out for me. Because I tell you, if God's number one in your life, things will go smooth. We saw many verses showing that. You know, God will be adding things to you as you seek Him first. The doer of the word is blessed in what He's doing. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And who doesn't want that? So let's press in with God in these days and commit in your own heart to see more of God in your own life making a way for him. Because I guarantee you, once you leave this building and the atmosphere and the presence of God, yes, God's with you and his presence is with you. But out of that environment, it then becomes a discipline to be able to honor God in your life. It's an act of your own free will. God will not force you to honor him. He's a gentleman. And you can spend your whole Christian life not honoring God, ignoring him, like I showed with Andy. No, 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 but I will go to church on Sunday and then Monday, no, Tuesday, no, Wednesday, no, all the way until your connect group. And then, yes, and (laughs) you know what I mean? But we want to honor God as much as we can in our lives. And that's why I said right at the start, there's always more with God. If you search your heart and you take it up with God and say, God, I want to include you more in my life, he will show you ways of doing that. And it'll show you and humble you, and it humbles me to know we have not arrived and we never will. But we're always pressing on to know him more and more. It's beautiful. And his his presence in our life, his direction and guidance, nothing compares. He cares about you and he loves you. This is the reason why he wants us to talk with him. He wants to get that help to you. He wants you to eat the good of the land. He wants to honor you. He wants to give grace to you. He's caring about you so much. This is why God wants this relationship so strong with him. He wants to help you. And um, the Lord had given me a phrase as I was preparing for this. He said, my people, oh, many of my people are not listening to my guide in their lives. And their lives would change for the better if they would listen and do what he says. Many of my people are not listening to my guide and their lives would change for the better 
if they listen to him and do what he says. Even in the small areas of your life, we have a guide sent to us, the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let's have a look at a few verses that um, talk about this. Romans 8 verse 9, but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Romans 8 11, but if the spirit of him who raised, Christ, raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Right there, two verses, and it says it three times, his spirit who dwells in you. If you are saved, if you're a child of God, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And we need to pay attention to him, to be more aware of him in our day-to-day lives, because this is how our lives change for the better. It's by including him more in our lives and being aware of him that our lives change and we start end up and we start going into a place of protection of abundance of blessing of revelation of all good things because we follow him there's no such thing as a spirit led failure there's no such thing as a spirit led tragedy no such thing if you got in a tragedy or failure you got in there by yourself and apart from god if you're truly following god you don't fail Love never fails. God is love. But God just doesn't flat out fail, ever. He always is leading you in the right place, right time, every single time. And even if he's leading you in a tough place, like say um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, his grace and peace will be there to keep you and get you through it. The Holy Spirit never misses it. Thank you, Lord. maybe about 10 minutes. Let's go, Lord. (laughs) But if you can hear from God in the little, the chances of you hearing him on the bigger things are maximized. This is why it's important to hear from God, even in the small things of life, even when times are going good for you. Because like I mentioned earlier, people run to God when things are going wrong. But we need to run to God even when things are going well. Because if you're following God in the little, when the big stuff comes up, you've gotten into such a habit of following God on the small things, following him on the big things becomes a lot, lot easier. Thank you, Lord. And one way we do this is thanking him, just as we did earlier, just taking the time out and thanking him and transferring your gratitude to wanting to please him, wanting to obey him. And if you do this day in, day out, this is how you stay on fire for him throughout the week, not just on Sunday. And you will see God throughout your week, not just on Sunday. How many would like even more of that in the next upcoming days and seasons of life in this time? Praise God. There's no limit. We choose the amount we want to honor him. And it is well, well worth it. Pastor Patsy did say last week, the church will not be able to reach their full potential without the power of the Holy Spirit. The church cannot function the way God wants it to without the Holy Spirit and power. And she was talking about how um, people got on their shirt, I've decided to follow Jesus, which is great. But what does that mean? 
It means I've got a cross hearing, she said, new version Bible app on your phone. For an hour and a half a week, um, I go to church and I listen to some worship music. My wife, Eva, cheekily added, and I have a Jesus sticker on my car, Jesus fish sticker. And I got shirts that say God loves me. And I got a five by seven, a picture of Jesus on my bedside. And that's why I've decided to follow him. No, no, no. Deciding to follow God means literally deciding to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. As he leads us, as he guides us, we're choosing not to be proud, but going with him, trusting him, day in, day out, going here, going there, as he leads us and guides us. This is how we get more and more close to God. And the final thing I'll finish on right here, before the altar call, is God's voice is so subtle that you can think it's you. Before learning to hear from God, I felt like God never talked to me. And uh, it was very upsetting to me because I remember growing up in the Christian faith, but God was not real to me. I hadn't seen any of the promises of God really in my life. Sure, I had things to thank God for, but I didn't see much of God in my life. And one day I found out, I, I heard some incredible um, teaching and preaching, and uh, I found out that it actually came from this book here, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, which is written by the founder of Rhema, of this ministry, of this um, powerful ministry. And he talked about how the voice of God is not audible, like you hear it with your ears. And I remember just growing up as a young boy, just, God, please talk to me. Please talk to me. You know, I want to hear you. I don't understand how people say, God told me this, God told me, told me that, showed me this, showed me that. I'm like, God doesn't talk to me, period. That's how I felt. And then the um, minister that was teaching on this said, God can use an audible voice, but it's just very, very rare. The primary way he leads us is through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. And this book goes through that in a lot of detail. Don't have the time to break down. I had several pages I was going to read, but we'll just leave that. But I'll just do a very quick summary here. That the voice of the Holy Spirit has three primary ways. There is, I mean, hearing from God, sorry. There's three ways the Lord can talk to us. The number one is through the inward witness, which is a knowing, it's a seeming, it's a feeling, but it's not an emotional feeling like sad or happy. It's just a sense. It's like your conscience leading and guiding you to do certain things. And um, I, a couple years back, I was a videographer and I would film. And I remember Adidas, they wanted me to film for them because I'd started my own videography business. And they flew me down to Sydney, flew me down to Melbourne. I'd filmed in uh, Movie World and I'd filmed different events for them, 11 projects total. And I was thinking that I was so blessed to have that. But what I didn't know was that even though I thought I was a genius and I was just blessed, I did not know that was God. Until I learned that God's voice is not primarily audible, but it's just a knowing in your heart, it's a sense. And I replayed my life and I realized all the times I obeyed that inner knowing, that prompting, that sense, that feeling, my life worked out. That's how I started the business to begin with. I didn't have a word from God. I just had a sense. I should start my own video company. I should film these videos and put it on the website. When Adidas wrote to me, I wrote to them in a certain way that I felt 
they would want to work with me more. Gave them a discount off the final price. And that was not my thinking. I'm not smart enough for that. Now I see I'm not smart enough for that. It was God leading me. And his voice was so subtle to me. You couldn't call it like a voice voice like we know it. But his leading was so subtle, I thought it was me. But really, it was God. So now looking back on my life, I, I realized, man, you know, when I got with that girl, I knew I shouldn't have. How did I know? Just something on the inside. Just something on the inside. I'm wasting time with her, you know? Ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Another life. But anyway, I had, I've had all these promptings on my heart, and I would follow them here and there, and sometimes I'd go against it. And I realized now, looking back, that was God in me the whole time. And I was trying to hear him with my ears. So when I found out he speaks to your heart on the inside, it's not a voice. I've never once heard the voice of God, yet I know he leads and follows me. And I do hear from him, but I haven't heard anything audible. I haven't heard anything with my ears. And learning to follow the Holy Spirit in my heart has radically changed my life, my wife's life, our family's life, and um, different friends that we've been able to share it with and they've received this same thing, this teaching of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is your best friend. And we need to give Him more place in our life, more honor in our life. And as we do that, He will honor you more in your own personal life. Does that message bless you today? Thank, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I just wanted to give a very quick um, altar call. It's very important that if you're listening to me and you do not have a relationship with God and you're saying to yourself, God sounds pretty amazing. He sounds pretty awesome that he would love and care about me so much. He wants to bless me, as you've said, and do all these good things, as you've just said from the word of God. And let me tell you, that is so, so true. God loves you. He cares about you. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. And you need to know him. But the only way to know him is through knowing Jesus. For in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. In Romans 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Your sin is what separates you from a holy God. You can't have fellowship with God because of your sin. Romans 6, 23 the scriptures here are speaking to us and it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, the sin is the problem. You have to get rid of your sin to know God. But let me tell you the good news, that Jesus Christ came on this earth and he died on a cross. And as he did that, he took your sin and put it on himself. And he took your sin so that you wouldn't have to suffer the punishment of death in the afterlife. But even though Jesus has taken the sin of every human being on himself on planet earth, does that mean all of mankind's going to be saved? No. Because the atheist says in his heart, there is no God. Jesus is no realer than the tooth fairy. He's no realer than Santa Claus. I do not believe in Jesus Christ. And unfortunately for that atheist, that atheist does not take on what Jesus has done for that atheist. It's sad, but the atheist will die in his sins. We need a savior. 
and Jesus is that Savior. But you must receive him, and that's the gift this scripture is talking about. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, because it takes faith to believe that Jesus did do this for you. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Your good deeds cannot clear you of your sin. Even if you give to all the charities in the world and you give away everything you have to help people, that's great, but it does not get rid of your sin. You need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. If you receive Jesus into your life, this is how you can have a relationship with Father God because Jesus' sacrifice will count for you and all your sins will be taken away, past, present, and future. The, the Scriptures say in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus or that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So my question to you is, do you want to know God? It's very simple to. It takes believing in the sacrifice of Jesus to have a relationship with God. So if eyes closed all around the auditorium, just to respect the privacy of anyone that may be praying this for the first time, and if we could all as a church family pray this prayer out, for those listening, you can have a relationship with God as of this moment. Say with me, Father God, I believe that you sent Jesus to this earth to take away my sin. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sin. You were buried and Father God raised you from the dead. Three days later, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Lead and guide me as I go forward in my relationship with God. I pray that you would lead me and guide me and show me exactly where to go to take my next step. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give a hand clap for anyone that may have said that for the very first time? It's such an honor and a privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you today. If that was your very first time saying that prayer, you have a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is now living in you and He can lead and guide you as you've heard today. The journey is exciting with God. Hang in there with God. Be hungry for Him. Honour Him each and every day and you will see more and more manifestation of God in your everyday life. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.